This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on our 12.15. Follow us on X. Is it still called that? And Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Uh, but you can't block us on X because he stopped the blocking thing. And email via <laughs> frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Any of those would be lovely because we love to hear from you and we're a long way from home. We are. <laughs> you know how far we are from home? Come. Do you know how far? This far. <laughs> we are in a marvellous place where this is a constant soundtrack to our lives. <laughs> in the street in our own homes. Bagpipe music comes a creeping up. It's actually, is this a bagpipe? I think it's fiddle. Anyway, it's lovely. We're all having a fabulous time. I think it's true. Oh, yeah. yeah. And um, not only that, but England, if I may say this, in a sealed room in Edinburgh, <laughs> are in the World Cup final, which is very, very exciting indeed. Frank, how do you feel? Because I do trust your spidey senses. Well, I keep analysing myself because when I started watching the women's football team about 10 years ago because my partner wouldn't watch men's football, so I thought, I'm going to have to watch this stuff. And I started oh. to get into it. And I'm I thought, forward thinking of you. I know, well, that's what I was like. Mm. And I, you have to, if you're a bloke watching women's football, you have to constantly keep keeping an eye that you're not just trying to be all very modern. <laughs> yeah. I'm, not, I'm not like a guy who's, you know, doing yoga to meet girls. I don't want to be that guy. Mm. And uh, I was in the flat the other day on my own um, and started really punching the air and screaming during a game. And I thought, it's happened. I'm actually properly, sincerely enjoying it now. So I texted Matt Ford and said, you know, watch the game today. And I realised maybe it was a stance before, but now I'm really feeling it. He said, yeah, that's what all woke people say. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> but I think I'm pretty convinced it's woke, the real deal. Woke Frank. Yeah. And, you know, there's all this... I mean, I love... Um, Serena, the the boss, who they made a big thing today that she said, I feel like yeah. I'm living in a fairy tale. But I saw that interview after the match, and she did say that, but in the tone of, I'm living in a three-star hotel in Great Yarmouth, <laughs> there was no, there was none of that reality, you know, I'm living the dream. She's not, that's not in her I game. love her steely underbelly. So oh, I've didn't... never seen her steely underbelly. <laughs> I tell you what I love about her when she was a player. You know, she was a brilliant player, which is never mentioned. She got like over 100 caps. Yeah. But um, she played for um, KFC 71. And I want to find <laughs> out more. Sorry? I want to find out more about that team. <laughs> Were they sponsored by the Colonel? Do they wear white with a little oh, black tie? I, I really hope but they But the do. tie would be painted onto the kit, yeah, obviously. It, it, yeah, you yeah. couldn't just. Although Leeds United um, in the old days used to have. Um, sock ties, which were elaborate <laughs> little things with their numbers on them. On their socks? Yeah, so they'd hang... You know, I think that up here in Scotland, um, in Highland dress, when you when you put your socks on, there's a thing hanging below the sock. Flashes. Yes. Yeah, and there were those and also. <laughs> was it with a kilt? Yes, but always, we don't talk about yeah, that Always anymore. a risk. Do you, and Man United had those medieval bar tops as well, the crisscross affair. Oh, yeah, sort of Robin Hood uh, <laughs> men in goal, yeah. Mm. Men in uh, goal. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting. And um, I'm, I'm, I've actually changed my church going so it doesn't clash with the game. <laughs> but I've had to go to a vigil mass. I mean, that's true love. The church must have leeway for that, given how big they are in South America. Yeah, the Catholic Church, still when you hear priests talk, they always talk about the Irish team, <laughs> even if they're not Irish. It's Catholic Church is so aligned to all that. But I tell you what I did here. I heard... Uh, Sorry. I hold it. We, we I used got distracted, have, Frank. We usually have a fez held up to signify that time is up, as our regular readers will know. But today we actually have a tam o' shanter. And what a tam o' Yeah, but you haven't said the best thing about the tam o' shanter. Well, what is those, attached to it, Frank? It's one of those things that comes with hair. 
sort of um, inherent wig. Obviously, I'm anxious here about cultural <laughs> acquisition, but um, <laughs> it is ginger, and as the father of a ginger, I feel I can uh, celebrate. The, and we have a ginger assistant producer mm-hmm. today. We, I mean, we you are. You sound like a Labrador. <laughs> Yeah. We are the ginger assistant producer as well. Which reader did you go to? I always say, although I am not ginger myself, I'm a champion of gingers, just like Joanna Lomley and the Gurkhas. <laughs> that's, that's how I do it. Frank Skinner, Skinner. on Absolute Radio. Frank, I'll tell you who definitely thinks it's coming home. What about Brian Blessed? Yes, that was... Uh, in case you didn't <laughs> see, Brian Blessed did a recitation... <laughs> Of three lines set to... Um, was it set to music? I'm no. hard to tell with Ryan Blessing. <laughs> it could have been the reverberation of the of the inner sanctums of the building. It was um, haunt, hauntingly not set to music. Oh, OK. Yeah. Isn't it interesting? I watched it and it could have been set to music. It's so loud. Yeah. Well, I was listening to it for... I think it was about the 14th time last night in my hotel room. And I had to frantically pre- keep pressing the decrease sound button on my laptop because I was genuinely worried about people next door saying, will you please keep the noise down? Yeah, it was... Um, what must it be like in his flat? <laughs> he can't live in a flat. He must live on an estate. He must be, He must have egg boxes <laughs> on the walls. I think he has to move, move every time he sneezes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was, so uh, it was very questions. fine. Go on. Did you like it? I did like it. I liked <laughs> it better than, I don't know if you saw Derek Jacobi doing Sweet Caroline on Channel 4 News. No, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I was that. so ready to be convinced that, that didn't happen. Was, sweet, sweet Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, good times never seem so good. Well, what, what I like about uh, the renditions, as we we'll call them, is the way that. They try and make them quite conversational. Brian went very mm. sort of... Uh, Henry V. It was Henry V, but it was also slight sort of 70s play for today. He also said Jules Rimini, which <laughs> is obviously he had a flashback to some Italian family holiday. <laughs> yeah, I think he also said Jules. I think <laughs> you'll find him in Jules <laughs> <laughs> But he was great. I mean, it's, it's... Oh, I loved him, but I like that the di- it sounded... He really brought the dialogue to life, Frank. Thanks very much. Everybody said, everyone seems to know the score, they're so sure. Yeah, I know, it it, it was. You should check it out, guys, it's it's something. Do you think when he came off, he said to the floor manager, do you think it was a bit bigger, it was all right? I always think you should play these things absolutely straight. No, I I don't think he's ever said to anyone, do you think that was a bit big? (laughs) He is... At risk of shattering the steel girders that hold that building up when he's doing it towards mm. the end. And then he did a sort of high pi- He went high pitched at the end. Well, he sort of did a come on England or something at the end. He and did a big scream. But yeah, but he went high. He went animalistic. It was a howl of Animalistic, passion. that's yeah. what he went. <laughs> Just when you think you can predict blessed, he goes high instead of low. I've never thought I could predict blessed. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like a whisper? What, what's his, what was his sweet nothings like in his um, courting days? Oh, just an ear completely torn off. Oh, man. I, uh, the other thing with that, um, with the semi-final victory, is after it, um, Serena Wiegmann gets the crowd in a, gets the team and all the staff in like a big loose huddle and gives them a real, uh, gives them a Henry V speech. And then they interviewed um, Lucy Bronze, who is a, I know Pierre looks a bit like who, in, uh, she's like a tough, tough yeah. defense. Actually, her middle name is Tough. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Which right. is, yeah. Um, I know. It's the best nominative <laughs> determinism ever because yeah. she's like a real hard woman. A woman of steel, considering she's called Bronze. <laughs> and... Um, they interviewed her after, and they said, "Oh, what was what was Serena saying? Look, really like moving and motivational." What was she say? She said, oh, "I can really hear, can hear it." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so I'm glad um, women footballers also have that power to bring down the poetic <laughs> yeah. moment, just like the guys. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I went to see a. Um, I went to see a lady, I've been there before. No, I went to see a clown um, 
Tuesday night oh. called, uh, do, you, do you know a piece called Andrea Spisto? I know the name. I haven't yeah. seen the clown myself. And, oh, you um, two and your exclusive clown club. <laughs> so you know, we got, uh, Pierre. I, went, I went with... Um, One clown a month. <laughs> clown club. I've, uh, yeah, I've done two clowns this week. Oh. I spoke to Frank. He said, yeah, I've got, I've got a lot of clowns to see this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's sometimes I just feel, I'm feeling clowny. That's the sort of sentence that uh, you'd expect from a sort of debt collector in a 70s cop. <laughs> Yeah. Got a lot of clowns to see this week. Yeah. This George, clown. George Clowney, that's what they call me. Oh, so, um, Are these clowns, can I just establish, I want to hear all about the clowns, mm. um, but can I establish what sort of clowns I'm gonna are do these? One cl- I saw, I'm only going to do one clown at a time. One clown at a time, <laughs> sweet Jesus. Everybody, come on at home. <laughs> that's all I'm asking of you. Um... Go on, ask me the clown question. Well, are the clowns, are they the sort of, you know, the plastic wig with the red hair? No, Stephen no. King, These are the modern clowns. But the mm. modern clowns, so they don't, that's what concerns me a bit, is that they're not identifiable in any way, are no, they? No, they, well... Flowers in the they've back all pocket been, they've and the all glitter been, when they press the horn on the car. They don't do any of that, no car. <laughs> they've all been to France. Yes. What I done. know these clowns. And, and they've trained with, um, is it Goulier? Yes, so Goulier. There's, different, there's different teams, Go- team clowns. Goulier and Lecoq. Yeah. Like when, um, like when David Bowie <laughs> went to Lindsay Kemp in the 70s. I don't know if you remember that. Okay. Um, and um, so th- they were both, uh, well, I saw two in a night. Uh, they were both ladies. Mm. In fact, is that true? One, um, the, the blurb said, um, said uh, neurodiverse immigrant queer clown. Sure. That was the first one. So that was Andrea. That's half the programme of the French. Yeah. And I got in and they said to me, can you move right to the front, please? And I, it was her opening night and I thought, well, maybe there, there'll only be a front row. Maybe she, you know, I, mm. I didn't know her stuff. So, of course, it filled up and I'm in the front row with uh, Mary, who I work with. And... Um, we're in the front row, and I said, how, "How did this happen? That we're in the front row? You know, this will. I mean, it's a clown. We're not. They're not going to come on and do a sort of bedroom mirror monologue." So she came on to um, uh, people. Everybody says, "I'm pretty white for a flight guy, for a white guy." You know that song? Oh yeah. yeah. She came on in a big nappy, a massive <laughs> uh, baby's nappy with all these bottles. Mm. And then she handed bottles out, like baby's bottles, one to Mary. And and when it went, give it to me, baby, people had to feed her with milk. That was how it started. Mm. Anyway, that was Mary, I thought, so far, so good. <laughs> and then um, and then Mary became uh, a character in the play. <gasps> Got a name, was given a name in it. Um, how are I, I you feeling inwardly? I'm just thinking I'm, you know, well, as we all think, I, you know the I'm glad it's you <laughs> and not me. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I couldn't work out whether she was mortified or secretly enjoying it. I, with everyone who's called into a show. Oh, well, this like is it. That. But um, then she had to get up and play air bass on stage. I mean, she was in it. Oh, Afterwards, people were coming up, they're walking straight past me and going up to Mary and saying, I thought you were great, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she was. Yeah, she told me the next day somebody stopped her in Edinburgh and I thought you were great in Andreas Mister. So yeah, a star is born. But um, something happened in the show which I have to tell you about because it was um, it was um, remarkable to me, and I still I'm still reliving it now. So I'll I'll tell you after this. Frank Skinner. So take us to the clowns. We're in clown town. Yeah, so bear in mind, it's about 11 o'clock at night, maybe after 11. Ooh, late we're night in a, clowns. We're in a small studio theatre. The clown now has us in a grip. Uh, she was great. one of these people who felt like she might be the spawn of the devil and then would do a really big smile that made you go, oh. <laughs> anyway, she, she put this band together of all air instruments and she said, we need a drummer. And this guy was really keen to get up. And he said, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She said, OK, up, up you come. 
And he said, uh, should I put my shades on? I thought, oh, he's got props. He's got props for it. <laughs> oh, he's come prepared. Anyway, what he um, hadn't made allowances for is that um, the word stage generally implies some sort of raised <laughs> platform. And I think he thought she was at floor level. So he ran really fast to get on stage. And man, he went down no. hard. No. I heard the... <gasps> You know that oh. moment when the air leaves the... Bu- and the sound of him hitting the ground was... I mean, the whole place gasped. Was it like a full pancake sort of onto chest? It was like a heavy canvas bag full of wooden spoons <laughs> being oh, thrown hard at the floor. <laughs> <laughs> that was the sound. And even the cloud sort of dropped out of her persona and said, you were right. It was oh. terrible. <laughs> and, he, and he did that male thing again. Yeah. <laughs> and, he, and I, I watched it, and it was shocking. It was really shocking. He just went down with such velocity. Did he continue with the... I mean, I've lost confidence in him as a performer. He did, but he's playing air drums, so he's got a moment to sort of get through. But he, I, he, I remember thinking, nothing I see at the fringe will be as thrilling yeah. as that man falling over. <laughs> At such pace, into so hard into the floor. Do you think in the same way that when a member of the audience shouts a joke at us as stand-ups, that's like a heckle? It's sort of like heckling a clown to rush up and do your own incredible pratfall. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a, it was a, 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 a prat, the sort of pratfall you can read about on any good coroner's report. Did he not make a joke of it? No, and he couldn't breathe. <laughs> and he still got his shades on, but it was... Uh, it was it was shocking. <laughs> <laughs> so I was in the Burkina Faso with Comet Relief and we were in a, a village sort of... This was in the age when the, we hadn't noticed the white saviour thing was a bit... Um, anyway, we were in there and there was <laughs> a wooden know. overhanging thing and I came striding out and hit my head really, really... Till it, you know that thing where they, they say see stars, but you actually do see something weird... And uh, all the people of this village um, who, were, you know, were, uh, were living in, you know, terrible poverty and the crop had been bad, and they really laughed. <laughs> and some of them pointed at me and laughed in real... Cartoon <laughs> think, fashion. This is the international language of banging yeah. your head. <laughs> You're still disgusted and handed down by the oral tradition. Yeah, yeah it was... Yeah, I probably have, yeah. It was... Um, there's probably a model of wooden carving of me banging my enormous domed head, which they still speak of. Talking of clowns, I saw some amazing... You know sometimes if you see literature that's very... Uh, literature, sorry. You see litter that's very sort of thematic for where you are. Yes. Like uh, if you were to see the scarf of the losing team in the gutter outside mm. the stadium and you think, oh, yeah, that fits with what's happened. Yeah. Um, yesterday I was walking along the street in Edinburgh and I saw in the gutter along with a load of flyers and other litter a clown's nose. Oh. And I just thought, yeah, it is the fringe, isn't it? <laughs> that is. Do you think that's been thrown down in dismay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll never no. equal that pratfall. <laughs> exactly. Words already got round the clown community about that guy. Livid. Frank Skinner. Absolute radio. Uh, but, but you may have noticed, by the way, that Pierre is a little bit uh, a bit gravelly today. A little oh. croaky. A little, yeah, it's that time of the fringe, is it? Mm, that's right. A few weeks in, you you start to go a little bit with a wear and tear. Mm. Um, and uh, uh, it's oft discussed among comics at this point, the, the home remedies, the solutions. Um, yes. All the obvious ones, chamomile tea, lemon and honey and all nah, that. they don't work. No. Do they not? In our house, my mum would get a spoonful of butter onto a spoon, put it in the sugar bowl till it was encrusted, and then we had to swallow that straight down, and that was supposed to do a sore throat. Did mm. it work? Does anything work for a sore throat? <laughs> I've, had, I've, in, I've had injections and sprays and all sorts. Well, you know what my parents obviously recommended? Doctor Theatre. Oh, yes. But they'd say that to you and you'd say, I've got a tummy ache and you had a cycling proficiency test. Doctor Theatre, darling. <laughs> I don't think Doctor Theatre um, works for a throat. It works for no. everything else. Yeah. yeah. 
I uh, I got a sort of home remedy from uh, years ago from the comedian Fern Brady, who who she's not at the fringe this year, but she would lose her voice a week in every year right. without fail. So she's got this great sort of archive of of eldritch remedies and uh, marshmallows. Oh, I think I've heard that one before. Mm, one marshmallow right before you go on. What about George Ezra told me about wearing wet <laughs> socks? Hey, that's a good one. Yeah, I d- that can't work, can it? Are you, Are you sure he was giving you throat advice? No, he definitely <laughs> was. And Bob Down, remember Bob Down, the uh, Australian? Do, do you know who Bob Down is? I do not. Oh, we will tell you. I remember... Um, There's not much to say on Dennis there. Leary <laughs> described him as wearing a beige polyester leisure suit. <laughs> he wore like a safari suit. And he Singing a- Frank Sinatra songs. <laughs> <laughs> he was a character comedian, wasn't he? With a sort of I don't, I don't know. I think he looked. We thought he was, and then we found that that's who he was. He's real, yeah. But he said pineapple juice. That was his thing. Oh, Did interesting. He? Treat your treat your throat like a sort of piece of gammon. Yeah, exactly. That was, that was when gammon was a perfectly nice word in those days. Yeah. <laughs> Summoned up ideas of a lovely little slice of ham. Yeah. Not a raging Poor gammon. Mad. Yeah, it's a shame. Much maligned meat. It these was, days. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I was wondering if, um, if anyone listening had any tips. Maybe there's some obscure home remedy from one of the listeners that could help Friars me out. Balsam. Was the thing we had in the house. I'd get house. that scene to him on you. <laughs> it was a thing we had in the house as a kid called Friar's Balsam. I have no idea what it was. I bet it's been banned now. Pro- mm. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it um, it's been. like it's like matey. Probably had bleach in it. <laughs> um, but it was a black, a thick black elixir. Oh. And um, I wonder how many Alexas has gone on then across the country. <laughs> <laughs> Only in the very poshest of homes. Must Elixir. Be, uh, yeah, it must be a very difficult. <laughs> if, if, if alchemists have got Alexa, they must keep saying Elixir and it must keep going, yes, what is it? No, it's an Elixir. I'm nearly there with the gold. Don't interrupt me. Um, so it was thick. Black. Oh, I don't. I don't think it was. For anyone, so if, yeah, any. Um, if you've got any uh, home cures, uh, we'd. Mm. Is that what they called home cures? Home, yeah, remedies. home remedies. Yeah, and, and if, and if you know what sweets he used to And like, if you know what Friar's mm. balsam is, um, mm. let us know about that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, thick black like molasses. Oh, like it's sort of gloopy. Was it administered with a spoon like cough syrup? Or did you? It was, yeah. yeah. Oh, it was administered. Oh, it was Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't have any threats of non-administration. <laughs> no, it was... Uh, yeah, I, The fact that it's not on the market now does make me think they might have it's, found it's terrible all, stuff. It's it. almost as if it wouldn't pass current food and drug agency tests. Yeah, those old spoil sports. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio, live from Edinburgh. Um, I'm with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 8.12.15. Follow us on X and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. And um, also, I have another thing to read. What about that? Mm. Tickets are on sale now for Absolute Radio Live at the London Palladium. We'll be creating, I'm reading this, we'll be creating the UK's biggest night of live comedy on Sunday the 26th of November. All the profits from every ticket sold will go directly to Teenage Cancer Trust. Frank Skinner will be your host (gasps) and we'll tell you soon who he'll be joined by. I won't be telling you that because I have no idea. Who's on? Oh, but it's I'm always going a, to that. it's always a top end bill. You can buy your tickets from AbsoluteRadio.co.uk/tickets. So come along and have a laugh while raising money for a brilliant cause. Get them quick, it says in uh, block capitals at the mm. end. I think they are already selling. It's not till November the twenty sixth. Yeah. I mean, I haven't even done my hair or anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's a brilliant show. Well, it was last year, so let you know. Get preparing, please, for yes. dinner. Yeah. So um, after I'd seen Andrea Spisto, I then went and saw another female clown. By now it's five past midnight. Gosh. And I'm at um, Pierre's venue. I'm at um, Monkey Barrel. Mm. And um, 
This was um, a woman called Julia Masley. Are you familiar with her work? Yes, Estonian. In a, in a very yes, in a very hot cellar. Yes, it's Estonian, yeah. Sorry, and, Frank, uh, but sorry to interrupt, but are you pretty much 70% clowns now in terms of I've your... just had a clown week. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you say, I've just. So, um, Julia Masley uh, wears an enormous hat, like, like the sorting hat from Harry Potter, and walks around um, with staring very beautiful eyes. I think it's all right to say that because it's part of her power in the room and her right arm is a sort of a metal lady's leg with oh. a microphone in the end of it and she walks up to people and goes problem <laughs> and they have to tell her their problems and uh, and then she endeavors to solve them it's pretty good and sometimes like she she I don't want to give away her app but she'll go around going oh, oh and people go into the mic, oh, she smiles and it's a lovely moment. But occasionally, she'll go, oh, oh, and the person goes, oh, and she goes, ah! really, really, they are terrible. Then everyone's frightened of doing the wrong, oh. it's, 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 So the tension, there's tension in the room. But she was asking people um, their problems and they included, I'm hot, I'm hungry, and I have IBS. Was another one. <laughs> it's a new Channel Five show. Isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, it's yeah, and and she and she solves them. But one guy said he was missing his mom. So she, I think, no, did he? Anyway, he ended up phoning his mom, and we all thought this will be a funny. But you've seen comedians do phone calls on stage, so um, so Julian Masley, instead of going down like the comedy road, said, "Tell us about motherhood." So. <laughs> <laughs> so this woman says, well, it's, you know, it's a really marvellous thing and it changed my life. And you just, you know, you give your life um, to another person oh. and all that sort of stuff. And um, This is half past midnight. Yeah, by now it's caught to one. And the, clown, <laughs> uh, the clown's mascara is running with tears. It's like a real wow. The steam in, the like, condensation on the walls, the clown's crying. Um, some woman... <laughs> Some woman somewhere in England is saying her motherhood's really special, really special. And uh, her son, she sounds very emotional, but it is light. And her son says, oh, by the way, Frank Skinner's in the room. <laughs> Don't bring that up now. Keep me out of this. And then um, Julia Massey says, my mother is here tonight. I want to talk to her. And she said, mother, what do you think of me? She said that, and her mother said, "I think you're a genius." And she said, "Why did you say that? I don't know what you're to say." And it was like the, it was absolutely balmy, oh my um, Lord. but brilliant. I really felt yeah. after like I'd been through a very special experience. So uh, if you are up here, um, I would go and check it out. I really I know, want to go to the clown. I know a clown called uh, Dr. Brown, and he's, he used to do workshops. And he said, um, I remember he said to me, Yeah, but you get, the trouble is, you get stand ups turning up, you know, with their, they've brought their ideas, their stupid <laughs> verbal ideas. <laughs> and I thought, Wow. <laughs> so it's a bit of a, it's a cult thing now, the clown thing. Yeah. Mm. But you, if you want to do it, kids, you're going to have to go to France. That's all I'm. That's all I'm saying. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I had my hair cut this week, can you tell? I was actually going to compliment you because it's got a lovely A. E. Houseman vibe. Thank you. Um, it's uh, I really, yeah, it's a good one. I went, I went to a place called Cots with a Z. <laughs> yes, I thought on, so. Uh, on South on Southbridge, and um, I was sitting to wait. There was a lady doing the haircuts. And there was a man in the chair. Uh, have a guess. Oh, I don't know what to 16 do. £16. Mm. I was going to go 14 Yeah, OK. But 16 I think you got the value for money. <clears throat> yeah, anyway, a man came into the shop and said, sorry, I just saw you sitting there, I just wanted to come in and shake your hand. So I said, hello, nice to meet you and all that. And he went out again. And this woman said to me... Uh, 
are you famous or is he friend of yours? And I said, um, mm. I said, um, I um, and I, I thought I can't say I am famous. No. And then the bloke <laughs> in the ch- the bloke in the chair, who was a bloke, I suppose about my age, who um, looked like a hard man, like a local hard man, said, uh, "He's a very big, uh, he's a very big magician." <laughs> and she went, "Oh." And I thought, oh no, where have you taken me, mate? And she said, um, will you suddenly just jump up and disappear? Is that what you might? And I said, um, yeah, yeah. And I thought, am I going to run with this or am I going to? He looks a bit frightened. I don't want to argue yeah. with him. You've got to go, whatever he's saying, I'm going along with it. At this I know, point. but he's giving her expectations which I can't fulfill. Do you know what I mean? That's I've, a Because oh. at the end, um, I um, there was a debate about cash only, and I felt she slightly tilted her head as if she wanted me to take it from behind her ear. Oh yeah. And I never fully. Ex- she kept saying, "So what's the show like?" And I said, "Well, it's a comedy. It's, it's actually comedy." And she said, "Oh, it's funny as well." And I thought, <laughs> "Oh." And I, she was really waiting for me to do Can a bit of magic. Can you for the poster, Frank? Funny yeah, as well. Funny as well. <laughs> yeah. But um, how, how did I get into that? That's a great hospital pass from that guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I what? love that guy. Who it's did he genius. think I was? <laughs> I think Paul he just thought, I think he saw the, the the space for mischief. No, he didn't look like a mischief kind of a guy. Did he mistake oh, really? you? Maybe he looked like you... a headlock kind of a guy. <laughs> someone who might put someone in a headlock and then walk them around for a whole weekend before he released them. You don't think there's a possibility that he mistook you for a magician? I'd say that is possible. If so, which magician? Eight, twelve, fifteen. Ali Bongo. <laughs> Have you seen Ali Bongo sort of uh, thick horn rim spectacles? Um, it could be Copperfield. I was introduced to Ali Bongo once. I was in my dressing room at the BBC, a knock came on the door, and it was Paul Daniels. He said, I want to show you my set. I think you'll like it. And he took me in and he said, oh, here's Ali Bongo. And I was introduced on the way. It's a fabulous passage of play. (laughs) Frank Skinner Skinner on Absolute Radio. Pierre was asking for sore throat remedies. Yeah. And our readers have delivered. Oh, yeah. Tremendous. They always do, don't they? Uh, John Hopkins. Hopkins? One of our regulars. I certainly won't be offended if he doesn't try it. This is to you, Pierre. Mm. But my nan used to swear by placing a piece of raw liver across her throat when she slept at night. Oh, how did, how did she secure it? <laughs> this. Mm, I suppose with a nan, you could just put it into just one go of the, the butchers. <laughs> um, In the next morning, you oh. wouldn't be able to tell what was liver and what was old throat. Oh. That's the only problem. Right. Would sort of tuck it in. Like, it's all right, I've got an old throat. <laughs> like, like saying someone has an old soul. It is. He's got John, an old throat. I find a turkey throat is for life, not just for Christmas. Well, John continues. <laughs> this also, very good, this also might explain why my granddad slept in the spare room. Yeah. And John ends with uh, the slightest... But all the, but the, our three dogs all slept <laughs> in with grandma. <laughs> How do you think I get ready to stay on my bed? Um, and John ends off with, on a slightly sinister note, Frank, Bon voyage, Pierre. Ooh. Oh. Oh. Okay. Okay. Have a voyage. <laughs> a, a suggested cure for an awfully sore throat. Oh, oh, very, very fine. And that's how I got sent home from the fringe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not sent, taken. Taken. Yeah. <laughs> Ultra Magnus, again, our regulars are all coming to the rescue here. Old Ma Magnus's, even older Grandma Magnus, recommends the following home remedy. Teaspoon of sugar, pure mm. lemon juice, honey, paracetamol, topped with hot water, and get this, our white's lemonade. Our oh. white's lemonade! Our white's lemonade. That's a great impression. Very neat. Well, it was, it was uh, the, the song was done by Elvis Costello's dad, who I interviewed. And you realise when you hear that, this is an old advert, in case you don't know it, for uh, lemonade. And a guy would get up at night like some sort of drug <laughs> addict in his desperation for R. White's lemonade. And yeah. he'd say, 
I'm a secret lemonade drinker. Oh, wait. <laughs> and he did. Oh, wait. It did yeah. sound like Elvis. He said, Costello. I'm trying to give it up, but it's one of those nights. Yeah, sure, it was lemonade. Yeah. yeah. Oh, wait. But at the end, he goes, Oh, it's lemonade. And he just thinks, <laughs> God, Elvis has inherited his father's voice completely. <laughs> I interviewed Elvis Costello's dad about that did very you? advert. Yeah. Well, do you know, it always, it's the last time it represented the end of those men in those pyjamas. You know, the flannel, the stripy pyjamas. Yeah. Well, there was um, Freddie Fingers, was it, in the Boomtown Rats. <laughs> the keyboard player used to wear those pyjamas on stage all the Did time. Did your dad ever have a, a pair, Johnny Fingers. Yeah. Something one of the fingers, oh. one of the Berkshire <laughs> fingers, <laughs> if I remember rightly. <laughs> yeah, I think they were distantly related to Tom Thumb. <laughs> Could be wrong. <laughs> I was in a restaurant in Edinburgh. Do you know Ox 184? I have walked past it. It's very nice. Mm. And I was in there and a woman said to me, uh, older, I mean I say older, like in my age group, said, uh, are you following me around? And then she showed me a photo on her phone that she took at me, took of me at an opera about a year ago with me not knowing I was being photographed. And I thought... I it should be me, shouldn't it? <laughs> saying, oh, "Are you following me around?" <laughs> it's a very interesting thing to do. Yeah, fancy seeing you here in your bathroom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's very weird that the, a photo. I always think all my best photos. I don't know I'm being photographed. Yes. Oh, was the opera one a particularly? Did you ask for a copy? <laughs> I didn't. That one was. I, that wasn't one of the best. I was just looking at my phone like pre-opera. Mm. Uh, there was used to be a man who used to stand in my road behind a tree and take paparazzi shots of me every morning. This was in my the white heat of my celebrity, days, yeah. and he did, he did that for about three weeks, just taking loads of photos. And then one day he gave me his business card. Said, "If ever you want any of these, mm. really?" He didn't suggest they were free. No. <laughs> Oh, God forbid. Oh, the tree, the tree photographer guy. What happened to him? <laughs> uh, Frank, I need to tell you about some shows I've seen. Yes. Because mm. I've been sampling Edinburgh's wares while I've been here. Okay. I came, I'm in and out, but I came down, up, I apologise, yesterday, with Ray, and on the train, Ray caused such a sensation. Ray, in case you're new, is Emily's dog. Yeah. Mm. He was walking up and down. He was getting applause. Wow. They were shouting at him. They were going, Raymond! Honestly. <laughs> really? Yes. Applause breaks. Yeah. It's not even <laughs> up at the fringe. They're at that. Uh, it's not even doing a work in progress show. I remember <laughs> Jimmy Carr stars. telling me, Jimmy Carr <laughs> said I did a charity uh, event for Bruce Springsteen in America. Mm. And I got. I think Bruce um, is doing all right, Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it was organised by him. <laughs> and he said I got 14 applause breaks. Oh, come on. And all I'm thinking is. I'll accept that you got 14, but who counts them? <laughs> <laughs> who is that person who thinks, got, you know, the clicker in oh, the hand? Like a bouncer. Wow, yeah. Also, I think we need to establish some sort of international exchange rate between American applause breaks and, and British ones. Yeah, well, exactly. Having, as you know, it's like the dog other years. He got two. <laughs> he got two applause breaks in the UK. At best, they're like Zimbabwean dollars over there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a very Pierre Novelli uh, <laughs> comparison. Only Pierre. Uh, so where, one woman did say, though, which, what did you think of this, guys? I wanted to run this past you. It's a potential opener when you're meeting someone. She went to stroke him and then she paused and she said, is it nice? <laughs> oh. <laughs> at first I was a bit offended and then I thought, actually, that's a reasonable question it to is. ask. And I think it if is. someone... For example, if I introduced Frank to someone, I said, this is Frank Skinner, and they said, hmm, is it nice? Yeah, I'd, <laughs> be, say, a, I'd be okay with that. I would yeah. say it's not only nice, it's a master craftsman. Oh, oh. yes, well, there you go. Um, um, what do you, do you think that's i I tell you what I've learnt from people approaching my own dog is mm. the back of the hand. Mm. You give the dog the back of the hand first and it's non-threatening. 
And they have a sniff at that and then you can gradually turn the hand into the little tickle under the chin. It's quite regal, isn't I it? I do that with it humans. Is. Yeah, <laughs> but they, for some reason they're not threatened by the back of the hand, whereas, yeah. you know, in, in actual human terms, they say, yeah, I'll give him the back of my hand. But, um, you know, I've never slapped, you wouldn't slap a dog like that. No. For insolence. <laughs> no. For any reason, can we no. just clarify? No, I'd never. Or maybe, I don't know, if it was hysterical and I was in a, a, a black and white British movie from the 50s, I might have to slap its face. People got so slapped about in those movies if they got hysterical. But for a very low bar of hysteria as well. Oh, someone, man. Would, someone would go, well, that's terrible. Go, now see here, calm down. Yeah. Well, pull yourself together, why don't you? Sometimes you get like three or four real quick ones. Have they ever waited to see if the hysteria's dipped after the first I one? I suspect there was no stunt person either. No, that's a person who's just been waiting for an opportunity. <laughs> Boys, can I tell you about a séance I went to yesterday a in Edinburgh? Séance? Was mm. it for someone's career? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a Victorian type séance. I mean, is there any other kind really? I don't even know if people still have them. These I don't days. know much about um, the ages of séance. Séances through the ages have they changed much? Well, the one I went to yesterday. It's called séance. Keep it simple, everyone. Mm. It's in a shipping... They had a massive one at um, Tottenham Hotspurs football. Oh, no, that was Beyonce. Beyonce, I get mixed up. Sorry, carry on. I don't think I can. OK. Um, there's, a, there's a big sign outside. It's in a shipping container, and I like that. Oh, yeah, mm. one of those. Mm. So it's one of those 20-minute shows... Again, oh, is it really? Love that. Go in. Mercifully, before you get too excited, I worry for you, but we'll get to that. Okay. It's a bit of a fright fest, Frank. Pop yes, in. I don't. I can't cope with any, the macabre. Yeah. Twenty minutes though. Pop in, chat to the dead. Yeah, Although, but you know. Well, that's why I wouldn't yeah, worry about. Yeah, but do they stay? Do they stay in the container? That's what worries <laughs> me. <laughs> or do they drift home after you? Also, the trouble is because of all their cumbersome clothes throughout the ages. Yeah, it just gets a bit hot and uncomfortable, and their ruffled blouses and. I thought they were naked. No, this they're not. Problem. We've established this. Frank. My problem with ghosts. How does? How does? <laughs> How does a 1987 M&S blue nylon cardigan live on? Mm. Well, the seance, you get into the shipping container, there's mm. about 12 or 13 of you, I imagine it's probably yeah. 13, and you're sat, mm. there's a long white dining table. Yes. Well, there's a tablecloth on it. And you put, you put the headphones on and the lights go off. Headphones? Headphones. headphones. Goes pitch black. Oh, oh that um, doesn't that allow... Ghost uh, FM. Skullduggery. Well, Surely. you suddenly hear a man in your, you know, in your ear, and he's saying, I told you to put your hands on the table. It's your fault. It's your fault. And I, for some reason, instinctively, sort of shouted, I am putting them on the table. <laughs> I closed it and I could feel the man next to me shuffling with embarrassment. Because he, he hadn't. Well, he probably heard me say that. I don't think you're meant to shout out do and respond. Remember, do you remember that moment on, uh, they had a Michael Jackson seance um, on one of the shows <laughs> and one of the guys, um, oh one of the guys trying to contact him was a Michael Jackson uh, imp impersonator. This is Derek Acora, by the way, wasn't Yeah, Derek Acora. And, the, oh. and this guy I turned up in the full Michael Jackson thing he wears on stage and there's a bit said that we need to put our hands on the table and all he's sort of closer with the hands going to the centre of the table and one comes in in a white sequin glove <laughs> <laughs> oh well this sounds already terrifying yeah um, but the so Tamar Shanta's come in hasn't it yeah. Mm. The yeah. Tamashanta has yeah. come in, but we'll... Uh... I mean, not into the seance. <laughs> no. Interestingly, Tamashanta, of course, the Robert Burns poem, is all about a drunken man going past the church and seeing ghouls dancing in the night, and they follow him. Mm, it's, 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 a, it's a winner. Frank Skinner, Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. 
Text the show on 81215. Follow us on X and Instagram. I still can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> None of us can. At Frank on the radio. Email via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. We're mid-seance. Mm. Mm. I'm in. I'm already frightened. Just the idea of this freaks me, I must with say. With the headphones. And just anything. Just being in a container trying to contact the dead. Mm. Do you know, as I was in the shipping container, mm. with the headphones on, hearing yeah. strange things... Put your hands on the table. <laughs> it's not unlike this radio show in many ways. <laughs> yes. But um, I did think of you, Frank, and mm. I thought, um, not one for Frank, this. No. And I thought, this is... Uh, Pierre, you could handle yourself. I think he'd remonstrate with them and say, look, mate, this is a, a joke's a joke. You're frightening people now. <laughs> the, the only way I'm ever going to get to a seance is from the other direction. <laughs> because I'm just sort of a gag. I'm yeah. sort of a really good gag in the other world and I just... Yeah. Yeah. Well, the I man... I need to share. Stop flickering light bulbs and stuff. Yes, the light was a bit... <clears throat> it was quite troubling because the man's voice gets more persistent and louder again not not unlike this radio show no. but he hisses and then it's very personal because you've got the headphones on and he says it's all your fault it's all your fault you've made this happen and there's whooshing i mean i don't want to i'm trying to avoid that for the month <laughs> i'm away from home <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> like just having your bluetooth so I was getting very frightened. Oh, you were? You admit it? Yeah. Mm. I don't, you don't. What is I this? Thought... Some strange law court? <laughs> no, you but admit I, it, do you? I thought you were pretty um, impervious to these. Mm. Um... Well, I am normally, but honestly, there was one point and there was creaking footsteps like <clears throat> of a floorboard and then glass shattering. Do you get floorboards in a ship container? <laughs> No, but in my head, oh, I wasn't okay. in the shipping container. I see. And so I did, again, slightly embarrassingly, I did feel myself at one point go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I really? couldn't help it. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I hope other people were doing the same thing. But it felt I was gripping on. I don't understand the headphones, though. I thought it was like a communal thing. Well, it is communal, but it's... Uh, it sounds like a sort of immersive experience. It's immersive. So the idea that it's, oh, that it's okay. atmospheric. If we had a, some old actor mm. sort of wandering up and down, it's not going to be the same, because I'll be looking at his shoes and think, I'll just be thinking, no, you're not... A, I'm not in a Victorian seance, whereas this... It allows yeah. it, you transport yourself. But what else? What do you? Are you asked if you want to contact someone or any of yes, that stuff? Yes, they mention names okay. and they say, "Do you know someone called Matthew?" Yes, and I say, "No," yes. and I hear other people say, "Yes, yes, I know a Matthew," <laughs> and I keep saying no. no. I tell you, a, a guy told me he saw one in Leicester, mm. and he said he was he was struggling. He was going, no, "Gee, there's a G in the." Graham, Graham, is it not nobody? Nobody in the audience. Eventually, mm. he's going D. I got the letter D. I think it, Dad. <laughs> and now that that you are really desperate when you've gone to Dad. <laughs> yes, that, I could do that. That's very accordion. I yeah. should say that this they go. I don't want to spoil it for people, Frank, which is why I'm being a bit <clears throat> sort of vague about oh. it. But what I would say. I think you would find it frightening. Mm. However, you would love it, I think, Pierre. Do you think? Well, it's... He'd be very analytical, wouldn't he, Pierre? Well, there's slightly... They... I think you'll find that that's the yeah, wrong exactly. dialect for this. <laughs> ruin no. it for everyone. And also, if I went to a shipping container, I want us all to sit around and say, I think Britney Spears should go out with Harry Styles. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to describe uh, it. Shipping. Oh, I love it. Oh, Frank, it's I, so modern. No, I did that because I could see Faye wasn't laughing. I thought she needs a footnote. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to describe it as exhilarating, fascinating, a little bit spooky. Mm. Can Not... I ask you one question without spoiling it? Yes. Did you see anything? You don't what, have to in... say what it was, but did you see anything that might have been supernatural? I might have. Uh, hmm. I might have actually got a hint of something. Okay. Or it was my watch. I'm Did not it sure involve um, bed bedclothes? 
remember it wasn't Scrooge in a nightcap. <laughs> no, I'm thinking of um, the sheet over the, you know, the old sheet oh, yeah. over there. Did I see the Reebok trainer poking through? The ruined sheet with the two eye holes. The Reebok trainer is exactly it, like you're saying. It is, we yeah, always talk, it always, you're on the ghost train, you're yeah. trying to get involved, and then you see the glimpse of the Reebok trainer. I know, well, it, just, it, it, it is very earthly, the Reebok <laughs> trainer. Way too um, earthly. We've had uh, Colonel Spud, who's one of our regulars. Oh, Colonel Spud. Is that, yes. um, is that the Colonel Sanders in his earlier vegetarian phase? I'll tell you what it is. It's a collab between uh, KFC and Spud You Like, I think. Mm, Spud You Like. Do you remember Spud You Like? I recently, I would say I hadn't had a jacket potato for 10 years. <laughs> and I went on holiday to... Great start. Yeah. Yeah. To Barry St. Edmund's. It's, yeah. I feel that there are some statistics that sums a man up. That's why. <laughs> uh, my problem is I started microwaving them rather than ovening them for um, speed. Oh. And I don't like the uh, sinuous base. <laughs> I don't like the get. wrinkly layers. Honestly, either. I could have cut the bottoms off those um, microwave jacket potatoes and used them as coasters. Oh, <laughs> and you would? Yeah, I, even in my out in my outdoor furniture, they still wouldn't have perished in the weather. <laughs> sort of early man coaster. Exactly. Yeah. So I was in in the Berry St Edmunds. I went to a cafe and then got anything I liked, and I thought, oh god, I'll have a jacket potato, and it was absolutely fantastic. Oh. I was away for six days. I had five jacket potatoes in various <laughs> venues. Oh wow! Yeah, I just thought this is. Uh, man, I'm what a have, day! Since I got back, I haven't had one. Really? So it's just a Barry St Edmunds treat for you. <laughs> it was—I forgot how brilliant they are. Brilliant when they're done um, without the sinuous base. <laughs> what are you when you don't cook them? Yeah, so, yeah, well, I could do them in the oven. I once had a strange four-pronged um, thing that looked a bit like something you might dry very small washing on, and you—you yes! you, you put. Um, you put a potato on each spike and it made them, because the, the whole frame got hot. Are you familiar with them. these? My mother used to, it was a large spike medieval torture instrument. Yes, oh, yes. And, oh, I see. So because the metal getting hot is it within the potato. Yeah, exactly. It was an <laughs> early an early <laughs> shot. Whoa, Frank, we're not letting that pass. <laughs> well, let's return to potatoes. Just a bit of fun. <laughs> it was... Uh, <laughs> It was an early shot at the microwave. The idea of heating from within. Oh, it's potato. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has anyone regarding Spud you like? Why oh why? Did I feel like no one really capitalised on the jacket tuxedo element? Oh, There's so the much scope potato. there. You've got yes. Colonel Sanders. Why didn't they have a black silk? tuxedo over the potato don't you think it would have been a lovely marketing the truth is the jacket potato is not a great name that's why I think and the potato doesn't have a great physique it's a suit but they're missing they're missing a chance to sort of with a scalpel one could fashion lapels from the no but it's a whole it's a whole suit you would need (laughs) one section of the potato to be peeled for it to be a jacket also it's going to look a bit bodybuilder in a tuxedo yeah it is with that frame it's going to be a bit Daniel Craig it's a bit Dan Craig it's going to be England rugby team on sports personality of the year (laughs) <laughs> it's going to be size 19 collar. It's going to be have that yeah. look to it. Tiny him. little Drew, despicable how me. Did we, how did we get on to jacket oh, we potatoes? Got on to potatoes. <laughs> From seances, we of got course. On to, no, we got on to potatoes. Well, they're all buried. Hold <laughs> oh. <laughs> on, the tam's out. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, you may recall we went off on something of a tangent. You did. How dare you. Uh, proud to have, actually. Because but Ker- Colonel Spod called yeah. us. Colonel Spod uh, didn't call us because potatoes can't use the phone. <laughs> Colonel Spod messaged us okay. and said, I hope you didn't swallow the old AULD, Friars Balsam Frank, 
Well, I certainly did. We used to use it as an inhalation, having poured boiling water onto a dollop of the glue in a... Oh, I'm afraid Oh, it's, my God. Yeah. What are we used to... I used to just drink it off a spoon. Yes. <laughs> I'm afraid... But Kurt, anyway, here I am. Well, what Colonel Spud poured it into, I would have to check with the producer whether I'm allowed to even mention this implement, but it's used by students a lot for recreational purposes, OK? Oh, a traffic cone? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think people will know. Of a kind. Yes. By the way, I walk around Edinburgh and think, yeah, yeah we've, we've seen the traffic cone on the statue's <laughs> head, Joe. No. Yeah. <laughs> Relax with it. Did Sorry. everyone do traffic cone as a student? Did you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, we... we, we um, did. I don't know if we had traffic cones when I was a student. <laughs> or did the, horse and the horses were alarmed. <laughs> but there's still up here, every statue's got a traffic cone hat, and you think, oh, really? <laughs> did you put a, a man with a big red flag on top of statues? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did in 1917, mm. when we were there in St Petersburg. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. Uh... Colonel Spod then continues, it's since been banned as carcinogenic. So Has it no really? surprise there. And then... Almost everything I ate as a child has been banned for some health reason. Yeah. Raw sausages now. When's the last time you saw kids on public transport eating a raw sausage? I'd assume it was some sort of performance art. I mean, yeah, exactly. I've got to say, I don't recall the sort of halcyon days of... Come and eat your raw sausage, children. <laughs> I can still remember... <laughs> something a witch would say. ...sliding the finger and thumb up the skin of the sausage to get the last bits of raw meat out. <laughs> Honestly. That's a, uh, something from... We didn't know. <laughs> memoir and... of, a, of a, a goblin of some kind. <laughs> I'd read that book. You, I'd read the memoir of a goblin. <laughs> Actually, you probably did read it in your uh, fantasy. Yeah. In my studies, oh, see, yeah, I bet you've read a few of those. Is there an? I'd like the author photograph of the yeah. goblin, Frank. Yeah, turtleneck pipe. Yeah, yeah, goblin off duty, maybe. Yes, contemplative goblin with a black polo neck. Yeah, looking out for, uh, for a park. <laughs> and just in this, <laughs> Colonel, uh, Colonel Spud signs off with this absolutely. I mean, this is life changing. This piece of news. P.S. With one P.S., Colonel Spud has changed. I mean. It's Colonel's Pud. Colonel's Pud. Mm. I'm sticking with Spud. So there's, a, there's an a, a apostrophe in the... Uh... Yeah. I, okay. I, I can't really talk about it. It's really upset me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm edgy about it. Um, yeah. Also, Rob Davenport has got in touch. I've asked AI for an image of Frank doing magic. I will be sharing oh. that with the world oh, shortly. I must try one of these things that people say to me. I asked AI for a, a, a giant monkey on the front of a building and it just sent me... Yeah. Actually, you don't need one of those. I went to um, House of Oz. Have you been there in this, this festival? And it's got, exact, it's got the best signage I've ever seen, like a giant, giant monkey on the front of the building. I want to put a photo up. Part of and my, I tell you what, I, I saw the listies there. They were the best children's act in the world. And uh, the whole finale was about the undulating giants. You know, the things we've been talking about. <laughs> It was they dressed up as them. They had about three on stage. I saw them flyering and I, I, initially I thought, there's an undulating giant, but yeah. then I saw human legs underneath. Yeah, they, they mm. dressed as... Uh, on. We're talking about those things that car dealerships have that hot air is fired through them and they're like tall men. Yeah. Mm. I toyed with the idea of when I become old and lonely of having one of those and also a fire which where the flames are those things <laughs> from air beneath as well, just orange linen, orange and linen, <laughs> yellow linen. That's my dream. This is Frank Skinner. Radio. In terms of um, spectacles we have witnessed at the Fringe, I, uh, I was taken along by a friend of mine to see a Norse mythology-themed wrestling evening. Oh, okay. I think I might have seen them out on the street, mm. um, looking Norse. Yeah, Mythos Ragnarok is what oh, it's called. Oh, that excellent. Yeah, okay. it's very um, it's proper wrestling. I mean, they've That's got. So it sounds so like Disney made up language yeah. in a fantasy film. 
Well, Ragnarok's a real, yes, a real thing. I've heard of that. It's very real, especially mm. if you go see this, and you'll come out believing. So what okay. happens? So they've got it set up like a proper, you know, WWE wrestling show with the sort of um, the special floor, you know, that you can slam people on. Yeah, and all the big platform and and things. And um, what a, a ring? Do you mean? Uh, it's sort of a raised cube. It's in an enormous old church, so it's very atmospheric and spooky. Right, okay. And, I wouldn't um, approve of wrestling in the church. Mm. Oh, well, I don't know. I think um, I seem to remember that. Um, who was it that wrestled an angel for about an hour? Oh, there was one, wasn't it? Is it Michael? Very specific, an hour. I remember, yeah. yeah. Anyway, that, well, that happened. Um, <laughs> well, it did in our house. <laughs> <laughs> so I went along, obviously, thinking this is something that I studied or, or studied to an extent. What I would do and what, what I'm wrestling. expecting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did a degree in wrestling. I don't know if we... Uh... No, no, so you... you I, I, yes. I, have a, I have a BW, a Bachelor of Wrestling. <laughs> and um, <laughs> I, uh, I went and I thought, well, what I would do, because some of the mythology can be quite, you know, fiddly and, yes. and, and elaborate. And I thought, well, they're going to cut it right down. They're going to simplify. Yeah. And they're just going to get on with the wrestling. Yeah. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> The guy, oh. I'd met the guy uh, who, who directs and, and writes the whole and stages the whole thing afterwards and chatted to him. My word, a, a loyalty to the original Snorri Sturluson texts that oh, wow. would, would put a smile on the face of the most pedantic academic. Oh, that sounds great. It was I thought it was just going to be some dressing for a wrestling match. Dressing for wrestling, yeah, <laughs> good album. Yeah, um, no, I thought so. They, they, I thought even if they go a bit detailed, they're not going to go beyond the big hitters. You've got your Odin, you've got your Thor, your Loki, your yeah. Loki. Yeah. He's there, but yeah. no, they they start from the very beginning where Odin is is a, a sort of under god and has to establish himself. Odin origin story, mm. fantastic. I'm oh, that great. sounds brilliant. Yeah, hi, highly recommended. And my God, there's an enormous man. A couple of them. Well, that was you. Well, I think, no, yeah. I was, a, I, was, I was there like a, in proportion, I looked like an enthusiastic 10-year-old. Did you not feel you were with gosh. your people? No, these are true giants. <laughs> I think I saw one of these men in the street. He yes. did look absolutely enormous. Yeah. Yes, the, the, there's one who I chatted to afterwards. He looked like if it got really hot, you could sit in the shade of his um, of his of his breast muscles. I've done that with the world's strongest men, as you know. I bet you have, yeah. yeah. But yeah. No, I mean, what else have you done with them? Well, I'll tell you off there. Okay. But they, these are what I call toilet breakers. Yes, oh. yes. As oh, opposed to like a toilet break. No, because they do break toilet seats. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. they do. But it sounds I'm, so. There's plenty of myth in it. Oh, they're, they're, they're declaring all the complicated uh, the, from the milky breath of the of the first man did spring. That yeah, no, they oh, they really man. go for it. Yeah, I think you'd like. It that makes film. a change from ask him ref, <laughs> ask him, <laughs> which was the wrestling I saw as a as a boy. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's all I ever remember any of them saying. Though I did see Miss Cleopatra fight and. Um, in uh, in uh, in Birmingham and at the uh, at the Miss uh, it was a wrestler. Oh. And at one point, Miss Cleopatra said, "Why? Well, I, I mean, he's, he's cheating me. I mean, he's just cheating all the time." I thought, "What part of Egypt <laughs> does that accent come from?" But now I used to be a live wrestling enthusiast. Oh, I think you'd love this watching watching Loki absolutely slam a frost giant into a. Oh. Into the decking. Can but he is a frost. He is part frost giant, isn't he? Oh, they deal with all the lineages. Okay, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> you sold it to me. Yeah. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, you were talking about sausages. Yes. Specifically, the uncooked variety, which yes. you were a huge fan of. Well, as a child. I wouldn't do it now, and I wouldn't give them to my own child. But when I was a child, we used to eat raw sausages as one would eat a um, salera. A salera, yeah. Mm. 
What about when your Terry came home and your dad said he'd changed because he bought toothpaste? Well, he bought a toothbrush. <laughs> he bought a toothbrush. Which we all gathered round. <laughs> and what did your dad say again? He said he's changed now. Yeah, we've lost him. <laughs> that was, that was what he said. <laughs> <laughs> the bright lights. Oh, the bright man. lights. Uh, so Jill has got in touch. She's uh, from West Brom. Of okay. West Brom. Jill of West Brom. Yeah. She says, which I like in a slightly Chaucerian way. Yeah. There's nothing like raw sausage. See, it's a, it's, it must be a Midlands thing. I don't know if we had gas in the 70s. I suspect you did. I did we My, did after we ate those sausages. I was say, <laughs> did. My mum never cooked a full pack of sausage as I'd been at all eight of them. Yeah. When I lived in Wen Wensbury, hmm. I also invented sushi. Extraordinary. Really? As we used to have cod on a Friday. I don't think it was a Wensbury a cuisine. <laughs> and I was also compelled to cut small pieces of off from the cod to eat without cooking them first. I believe when West Bromwich Albion formed, they had to walk to Wensbury as a team to buy a football because that was the nearest available <laughs> football. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> that's that. So we should, oh, speaking of football, we should again oh. say, of course, it is the World Cup final, which is very, uh, very exciting. And there's talk um, that uh, if if Gareth Southgate resigns, mm. Serena Vigman might get the job. Why? Why would she want that? <laughs> yeah, let's go to a Why team. Why on earth would you want that job? Let's go to a team whose last, less success was less recent than Sergeant Peppers. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do it? You well, of course, that. there is one reason she might do it, and that is that um, apparently Serena gets 400000 a year, which is obviously great money, but Gareth gets uh, $4 million for the same job. Do you think that mm. she would uh, be able to sort of quite smugly say if, you know, it comes home, she can say, well, uh, you know, I've done that. I've won the, the biggest thing, so now it's time to take on a sort of fixer-upper team mm. yes. and uh, do what I can. Yeah, maybe, but I, uh, I think uh, the idea of going to a less lesser team is, um, is a strange thing. But then you know what, Frank? 30 years of hurt. Never stopped me dreaming. <laughs> Could you get me a cab back to Richmond, dear? <laughs> so, look, um, yes, we're, we continue to be in uh, Edinburgh next week. I said, me and uh, Pierre were talking about the fact that we can't remember anything about home. No. No. We've always been here, Mr. Torrance. <laughs> exactly. Uh, can I please tell people to see a great thing called Grown Up Orphan Annie? I'm not being paid. I just loved it, and it's it's a uh, one for Frank Off. Well, I lo Annie's oh. perhaps my favourite musical. Also, it's about original. a washed-up child star, star, taken financial advantage of by her parents. Really? Imagine. Oh, it's all a bit <laughs> Gary Coleman. <laughs> the next episode of Frank Skinner's Poetry Podcast. Frank Skinner's poetry podcast, did you say? I like it. I like Thank you, Jerry, for your support. Um, we'll be out on Wednesday. It's uh, it's about Percy Bysshe Shelley, and oh. uh, I, I reveal in there the first time I ever came across Shelley's poetry. It was being read out loud on stage by Mick Jagger. He is dead. He doth not sleep. He hath awakened from the dream of life. Richards. Yeah, uh, he hasn't awakened you. So you can download that from wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to us this morning. We love you all. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. This time. We'll be back. We'll be back this time and next week. You'll get your tutti frutti ice cream. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.